Welcome to Locked On Flames. Yesterday we talked about X Factor players and what we can look forward to and what we can kind of maybe expect from our Calgary Flames. And we're going to look at who has the pressure on them, the, you know, what type of pressure and is Edmonton going to be like a summer camp? I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery, and please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Sean, how are you doing? Doing great, Jess. We're going to get into who on the Flames is under pressure, but uh, absolutely no pressure at all to subscribe to our podcast. It's super easy, super free. Um, So the pressure for the listeners, I hope, is light. (laughs) Uh, But I'm excited because we've been talking a lot about, you know, we've we've brought up names like I think Johnny Goudreau and Sam Bennon a lot and just kind of how people are expecting a lot from those two. So um, I think it would be great for you and I to kind of get into maybe who is the most under pressure individually from um, a Calgary Flames perspective and their their playing series um, against Winnipeg. So I guess like when we when I pose this question to you, what who was the first name or two that came to mind for you? Definitely Gaudreau and uh, Jeff Ward. Oh, interesting. The coach. Yeah. Why Jeff Ward? Um, because I f- he hasn't been officially hired, correct? Unless True. I missed something. True. So I think that if, you know, this doesn't go well for him, then maybe, you know, we he's let go. And we do see that revolving door of the same NHL coaches applying for another head coach Mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting. I think too with, and we'll get into this next segment where we're going to kind of break down what we think the differences will be between a five game and seven game NHL playoff series. But I think for Ward too, like you're hundred percent correct. He has a, he has a unique pressure in his sense because he's literally probably coaching for his job as as an interim head coach. Um, whereas someone like Johnny Goudreau, who has a contract, isn't really playing for his job. He might play poorly, and it'll be his third poor playoffs in a row for him, but he's not going to really – he can't get fired, right? So right. <laughs> uh, Jeff Ward, you're right, is totally under a unique pressure. Um, a question for you, since you mentioned Goudreau as well. Uh, we've talked about his – and I just mentioned his poor playoff performances in the past. If he had like a stellar regular season, like he had 99 points last year, if he followed mm-hmm. that up with another awesome, you know, close to 100 point season or even a little less and was still, you know, great, do you think he would still have the pressure on him just because he hasn't had the playoff performances in the past that we would have thought he would have had? I would say yes. I think because, you know, when you have that kind of a performance in the regular season, it's almost expected that you can carry it right. over. Right. So. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I guess the first names. So Goudreau was the first name for sure that came to mind for me um, as he's obviously been a topic for us a lot uh, in our first few episodes together. Um, but as I thought about it more, I, all the defensemen came to mind and, you know, three mm-hmm. specifically in Mark Giordano, Rasmus Anderson and TJ Brody. I feel like those three guys in particular are going to be relied upon heavily to kind of carry the load. Um, as we mentioned of Travis Hamannick opting out of playing um, and the defense seems to be a little bit in flux in a way where uh, we don't really know what's going to happen with Yusuf Alamaki yet, if he'll play or not. 
Um, so there's question marks. We don't know what the pairings are going to look like on, I guess, game one against the Jets. So uh, regardless of what they do end up looking like, it'll be Mark Giordano and Rasmus Anderson and TJ Brody that everyone looks to to be the steady guides on the blue line. Um, so I think they have a pressure on them to just kind of be themselves, which, you know, it's, it sounds pretty easy to say, but in the playoffs, we've obviously seen a lot of players who are great in the regular season not look so good in the playoffs under the pressure of the bright lights, you know. Um, obviously Goudreau would come to mind in that category uh, <laughs> but he's in a bit of a different boat being the offensive skill type and then one more one more name of course who comes to mind in the pressure list is actually two names and it's Talbot and Riddick um, I'm sticking with the whoever gets the start is under pressure uh, yep. just like we talked about yesterday I don't really know who's going to get the start but whoever does get the start for example um, is under pressure so I have the defenseman as well as uh, game one starting goalie, whoever that may be. So I think uh, it'll be interesting. There is, there's a lot of different types of pressure, I think, on the Flames this this, se- this series. Yeah, I mean, like you said earlier, we're obviously going to talk about the five-game series versus a seven-game series. And then, of course, being away from your family and all the outside pressures rather yeah. than – the ones that we typically see that are For just sure. on the ice. For sure. So as just mentioned in our next segment here, we're going to get into the differences that we see in a NHL playoff five-game series as opposed to a best-of-seven-game series. Um, just one quick thing here just before we go. Yesterday when we recorded Elias Lindholm, he left the scrimmage um, early and didn't return. And um, at the time of our recording, he we had no info on him. We weren't sure if it was serious, if it was not serious at all. Uh, but some good news for Flames fan. Um, Elias Lindholm told reporters, quote, it's fine, just didn't want to take any chances right now. Uh, just played the safe card. So that's good to hear from one of the Flames' most important pieces uh, offensively. Um, so good news for Flames fans. No worries around Lindholm, at least for now. Uh, but like we said, coming up next, we got the differences between a five-game series and a seven-game series in the NHL playoffs. This is going to be an interesting dynamic, I feel like, because we're all so used to seeing the seven-game series. And then it's dropping to five. Right. So could this potentially become the new way to go? Like, it's just like, instead of, um, you know, maybe we only see seven game series in the conference finals and Stanley cup finals. Yeah. I don't know if that will happen. I think, um, you know, there's, uh, financial implications to that that the NHL probably wouldn't like. I mean, obviously there's like just a simple, they get two more rounds of, you know, attendance sales. So mm-hmm. um, I think from a financial standpoint, it's it's probably not going to, they're not going to cut games um, regardless of kind of how these play-in series go. They could be the most entertaining series we've ever seen in the last 30 years or what what have <laughs> you, but um, the NHL loves money. So I don't, that's very true. It is a business. Uh, I, like I, I wish I had more points to make other than that, but it's, it's a money thing, right? Yep. So two, two, <laughs> two less games is, is two less games of revenue for the NHL. So I think Definitely. that might kind of end my argument there. Um, but I, I think, you know, we talk about like seven game playoff series and especially if you watch like ESPN in the States, Jess, you might see this mm-hmm. a lot where, you know, guys who maybe don't know so much about hockey will say, Oh, like, NHL playoffs is the best thing in the world. Those seven games are so grueling. So we know the seven games to be grueling and a long grind. And it's, you know, your mental game gets taken into it a lot. But I think the five game series, I think there might be a case to be made that it might be harder than a seven game series. And 
my kind of thinking is everything is highlighted and heightened and faster, right? So yes. all your decision-making has to be done a little bit faster. If you go down one game, your intensity to kind of make up that ground picks up a lot quicker. Whereas say, you know, you lose game one in a seven game series. I don't feel like the same pressure would maybe apply. I could be right. completely wrong. I feel like the players react to a loss the same way in the playoffs, but I just feel like everything is kind of, it's like the NHL playoffs started drinking Red Bull. Like everything, yes. the pace just increases <laughs> a thousand times, right? So um, I think there might be a case that this could be harder for the guys than um, a seven game series. I definitely agree with you. Um, and that was a really good way to put it that like the NHL is on Red Bull. Like, yeah. They just downed like a six pack of Red Bull and they're like, okay, let's go. Like we're going to just go full speed. And I think that, it's just it's so hard to make decisions when it comes to the playoffs as it is. Mm-hmm. And then when you have all of these changes and rules and things that as a podcast host, I'm not equipped to make these decisions or anything. Right. But I feel like there is going to be a lot riding on game one rather mm-hmm. than, you know, just like there's no easy way to start the series i guess like you have to be all in and think about it for a team like the flames too um if you're a team in the in the play-in round and you have a kind of 1a 1a goalie situation where Mm -hmm. both your guys could be the starter like if you lose that game one imagine all the hysteria like let's say the flames lose game one and i don't care who starts game one it could be talbot or it could be riddick the next podcast that you and I have, I guarantee our first segment is going to be should the next should the other guy start the next game? Exactly. Like, so that goaltending decision making, Jeff Ward is going to be like sweating his brains out for I guess however many hours in between the two games. Like it, everything, like I said, just gets heightened. Um, and one thing, another thing too, like we've talked a lot about goalies with the Flames recently, but if a star guy like Goudreau or even someone other than Goudreau, if they get in a slump, the urgency on them to kind of get out of that slump it's going to be picked up a lot as well. So just another thing that speeds up a thousand times. And I know it's only two games less, five and seven, um, but I feel like it just makes, it seems to me everything is is so much quicker and everything's going to have to be done so much faster. Um, basically patience will be gone. Absolutely. And I think another thing is, is like, you know, you might lose game one, but you can bounce back at, with game two and, you know, make it a six-game series if you have to. But you don't have that opportunity here. You really have to come out on your A game at 100%. Right. Which I wonder, could be hard. Yeah. I wonder, too, if there's guys on the Flames roster and around the NHL who are in these playing series who are maybe going to take advantage of some experience from the minor leagues. Like, in the AHL, yeah. I believe they do play best-of-five-game best, best of five series. So, you know, a guy like Johnny Goudreau hasn't spent a lot of time in the <laughs> NHL, uh, but maybe someone else. I know Mark Jankowski was down there a bit. Um, there's tons of others, and not just the Flames, but around the league in this, in this playing round. I wonder if, if those guys might have a little bit of insight, um, a little bit of advantage on just kind of knowing the pace of a five-game series opposed to a seven-game series. Because if I remember correctly, the AHL only picks up to seven uh, for the final two rounds, and then the first two are best of five. So, you know, I wonder that- if- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That'll be interesting because I feel like, you know, obviously, like you lean on the older guys for experience, but maybe there are some guys who are coming off of, you know, last season in the AHL playoffs and 
they can tell you like, Hey, you know, this is, this is how it works. Yeah. And here's some advice and it'll, it'll be interesting to see well, around and, the league. And coaches too would have, I think a lot of uh, knowledge on something like this. And even if they don't, they have a lot of resources to reach out to the people who would have some knowledge on kind of the pace of a best of five. Mm-hmm. Um, but every assistant coach, it seems like in the NHL has, <laughs> has paid their dues to get to that bench. And oh, even yes. all the head coaches, they, these guys all pay their dues and uh, maybe some skip the AHL, but I'm sure in other leagues they do best of fives as well. So um while it does seem like a bit of a foreign concept to maybe the, the general NHL fan, a best of five playoff series who uh, they might be only used to best of sevens. Um, I think the guys, especially behind the bench, will have a lot of uh, keen knowledge that they can rely upon. Um, the superstars, like it sounds kind of funny. <laughs> Connor McDavid's never, never going to sniff, yeah. the, never gonna nope. sniff the AHL. So um, this guy will only know best of seven series, at least at the professional level. So yes. Um, everyone brings something to the table that you know a different background can you can always get a little nugget of information and knowledge that um, you can use in the NHL playoffs definitely I think that it it will be interesting to see and you know maybe we don't see changes with game formatting but just how the playoffs are approached in the future I don't know with coaching decisions like maybe they don't delay some of the decisions as much because they know that, you know, oh, I played in a five-game series. So. What about the ripple effect of a best-of-five game series where, like, we kind of just went over in the moment what it's going to be like, but what about a few months from now? So, you know, say the Flames – let's say the Flames lose either way. Um, Mm -hmm. And then regardless if it was a best-of-five or a best-of-seven, does the fact that it's a best-of-five series to you kind of change – the weight that you put on what happens in this series. Um, so for example, like in, just insert a player name, whoever you want um, is on the trade bubble as is, but then they don't play very well against the jets. Um, so then next season, they're not going to be on the flames anymore. Like does that same weight carry in the best of five series? I don't think so because again, it all comes back to a sample size and five or and sometimes even seven. I feel like it's not enough, but I I personally couldn't get behind, you know, pitching this idea to the front office saying, all right, he's got to go. Right. Because of this one play-in series during a global pandemic. That's the other thing. With all too. these changes. That's exactly the other thing. It's like, you know, if it was if it was a 82-game season and then they randomly had a best of five for some reason, yep. um, that would make sense. But the fact that there's a global pandemic and, and four months off in between kind of surrounding it all, it does kind of muddy the waters for sure on, I guess, the ripple effect that this series is going to have on the future. Um, I think at least with the Flames. The Flames, they seem decently set. There's, you know, there's some rumors and some smoke around a few names about what might be happening in the future, um, but it's nothing too out of control at least yet. Um, at least for me. So um, the Flames, I think, are in a pretty good spot to where they kind of know what next season's going to look like. So for now, they can just focus uh, on the playoffs. And still ahead in the show, we mentioned, you know, life in the bubble and compared it to the NBA and MLS. And now we're going to play some more what-if games. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Friendly reminder that you can join the conversation with the show on Twitter for free at LO underscore Flames. So I was thinking today 
about how this could be like summer camp for them potentially. Mm, nice. Because as a kid who went to summer camp almost every summer, what it was just during the day. Didn't really I didn't I never went to sleepaway camp. But I can only imagine how it must feel to like pack up your life and just be like, okay, like see you guys in however many months if we keep winning. Mm-hmm. Like wh- like what is it gonna be like? Are there gonna be any like outdoor activities that they can do? Um, can teams mingle with each other? Or are they gonna have to stay, you know, as socially distanced as possible? That's kind of yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, there's there's at least for now little information on what the, the actual life in the bubble is going to look like for these guys. Um, I know that TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger was uh, reporting today that tomorrow there's supposed to be a press conference where we kind of get a little more clarity on all this kind of things. Um, so at least for now, we're a little bit in the dark. Hopefully tomorrow after the press conference, we kind of have more information on what these guys, you know, what kind of options they have for things to do off the ice or um, if anything at all, and kind of how they can escape the game, as we talked about yesterday, like it's good, this is going to feel like being at work for you know possibly a few straight months for these guys. So um, they're definitely going to have to organize some sort of way that they can um, you know get away from hockey at least and and just kind of you know be themselves for a bit. But the one disadvantage that and the NHL is that right now is that they're not at Disneyland like the NBA. <laughs> like the NBA nailed it in terms of location. Um, strictly looking at Disneyland, you know, Florida is a little tough right now, given how crazy COVID is. So they didn't quite nail that. But um, the fact that they're at this resort that was literally built to house people um, Mm -hmm. for lengthy amounts of time, like it's awesome. The guys are golfing, they're fishing, they're, they're doing all those summer camp things that uh, you mentioned. And so I don't know if the NHL will have those similar types of vibes, um, but I'm sure that they're, they're smart enough people there, especially in the, uh, very nice hotels that they chose in Toronto yeah. and in Edmonton. Um, I'm sure these guys will come up with something. And the one thing I think about, I don't know if you've seen this, Jess, there was a old, I believe it was like an NHL all-star commercial back in like 2009 or something, or maybe 2008, uh, where they had like Dion Phaneuf uh, when he was on the Flames and Phil Kessel was on the Bruins. And yes. uh, it's the commercial where Alex Ovechkin is prank calling room service <laughs> yep. uh, and ordering under the name Sidney Crosby. It's one of the funniest commercials in sports history, let alone NHL history. Yep. I think that's what this is going to be like. You know, yeah. I think there's a chance that the guys can kind of intermingle with different uh, teams. Um, so lots of guys have friends on different teams. So I think for them, it'll be nice to see people maybe that you haven't seen in a while. Um, but I always think of that commercial. That's what it's going to be like in the bubble as opposed to summer camp. I hope so. I hope it's, you know, just a lot of fun and it's a way like you know they go back to the hotel after a game or before a game and they're just hanging out and they are you know ordering room service and another thing that i actually just thought about was um the food and maybe the nhl i mean granted these players are staying in gorgeous hotels so it's not like they're going to be eating frozen tv meals or anything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but maybe they don't get the fire fest food that the nba players got maybe the executives were like oh you know this that that's a problem Mm -hmm. and they decided to up it up it up or step it up a little bit i don't think there'll be any complaints 
Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be, you know, you know, little things, but uh, I don't think there'll be complaints about the quality of, of amenities <laughs> that these guys are getting. Here's one that I just thought of. What do you think it's going to be like for the guys who, you know, cause the flames as a team are going to be in the bubble. So the players can't escape their coach or they can't escape Brad tree living who, and I believe most GMs are entering the bubble with their teams. Yeah. Um, you, you can't really get away from your boss. Right. So like, what, what do you think that would be like to live with your boss for a few months on end? Oh possibly? my like, goodness. I wonder that, I think that could either strengthen the coach player relationship depending on the scenario, or it, it might make it worse in some cases. Cause there's been some funny stories where, you know, hockey players, they, they have their curfew to be at the hotel at a certain time under normal circumstances, but they break curfew and go out to the bar and they see their coach at the bar and they, <laughs> you know, they basically crap their pants. So like, what the hell, like, what's this guy doing? Here? Yeah. So I wonder if there'll be anything like that where you're kind of living with your quote unquote boss. Yeah. I, that's actually a really good point because I didn't think about that. Um, I know for the Bruins that Cam Neely's traveling with them. Mm -hmm. So like personally, like I can't imagine if my, you know, my store director was like, Hey, um, I'm just going to like pitch a tent in your living room for a little bit. Mind if I, you know, steal some of your books on your bookshelf. I would be, I feel like, I'd be under more pressure. Like maybe, you know, these guys are athletes, so diet's important. Maybe Jeff yeah. Ward catches Mark Giordano sneaking a late night ice cream sandwich or something and says, hey, right. put that back. like, you know, like there's just, there could be somebody, I think, I think in a few, maybe a few, more than a few years, but down the road when the, when this kind of class of the NHL is retired, I think there's going to be a lot of funny, funny stories that kind of come from this bubble. Uh, just like the most, you know, that we would think mundane stuff, but uh, oh, yeah. I think there's going to be a ton of, you know, books written there could be books written about life in the bubble i think and definitely um, in the nba the guys have a lot of personality and they're posting all this stuff on twitter uh and jess you mentioned this before you know we might not see that at least right away where the players directly are posting you know like i think javel mcgee is literally posting 20 minute youtube episodes daily about <laughs> his life in the bubble um i don't think any hockey player is going to be doing that but we might not get the immediate satisfaction of knowing what their life is like in the bubble via their social media accounts. But I think down the road, there's going to be some great stories from these next few months. Absolutely. I think that, you know, we will definitely like, I think of like what I do when like, or when I was a kid and I'd go to hotels with my parents on vacation and how, you know, I'd go to the vending machine and then overflow the ice bucket and, just do these random things that I found hysterical that probably these guys will too, but they're grown adults right. <laughs> and they're right. getting paid to cause a ruckus. Well, they cause havoc on themselves uh, yeah. when the world is normal and they're on a road trip. Like they'll take the rookies uh, furniture out of his hotel rooms. Like exactly. havoc will be caused uh, when life is normal. So um, when these guys kind of need an escape and they just need to de-stress, I'm sure the havoc will increase tenfold. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I don't know if we'll get, you know, maybe vlogs and things from these players, but I hope at least someone on the Flames um, makes their social media presence a little bit more known with, you know, Instagram stories or things like that, just to give us an inside look. Right. If I had to suggest a name, I believe Matthew Kachuk might be the guy. 
Yes. Um, I would definitely follow him right away if you wanted to see uh, insight into life in the bubble. He is the person that I think would have a lot of fun with this. And he's also the type that he loves all his buddies from the United States National Development Team program. Um, so he'll also, I'm sure, be pulling stuff with uh, guys on different teams in the NHL who kind of came up in the same system with Kachuk. So that's the name that I think might be um, the bet to place when it comes to Flames social media game. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly, he was making TikToks at the start of quarantine. So maybe See, I haven't gotten to TikTok yet. I'm still, oh. I feel old, but I'm only 24. <laughs> I still haven't gotten to TikTok yet. So I, I don't know. I, I scroll on it and somehow 45 minutes pass and I'm like, oh, I guess I was just watching yeah. people That's what dance says. and have fun. Right. <laughs> but I think that would be fun. And, you know, I hope that they get there safely. I mean, I know they don't have super far to travel, but coming up later in the week, we will take a look ahead to the Flames' first game against the Oilers. I'm looking forward to seeing if, you know, I know it's only an ex- exhibition game, so we won't see the full extent of the Battle of Alberta, but it's still something to feed our hunger. You can follow us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. And be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each and every day. Now check out the Locked on Jets podcast for an opponent's perspective of what will happen between Calgary and Winnipeg. Our boy Harrison Lee does a great job over there, and next week we will have a few crossover episodes with him as we continue to tee up Flames versus Jets. Have a great day and see you tomorrow.